Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's bigger than us, man. It's so much bigger than just like us. It's like generational. You you can't you can't people out here trying to create generational wealth and they're only working for themselves. Like you can't you can't create a bad name for your last name and also be trying to create generational wealth. It's not possible, man. Episode number two, talking tweets, Raphael Husbands, Charles Oak, we also know this time. Yeah, yeah lit, so man. let's do this. Episode two. Tweet talk with Todd Millie. Charles Ogilvy and Raphael Husbands together. How are we doing tonight, Charles? Yes, yes. You know, I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed because I'm the sauce, and I have the sauce, and I encourage everybody to believe in themselves and believe that they are the sauce. I'm on an anti-humble. Humble, yeah, I guess that's uh, a good place right to now. start. No, you say it. I'm blessed, man. So the other day you were t- saying on Twitter... The idea is not the sauce. I am, I am the sauce. <laughs> man. Um, so Steve Jobs, man. Steve Jobs. They kicked this dude out of Apple. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like, wait a minute. We're going to make Apple products. Now you're jumping ahead because that's another this. tweet tonight I was going to get into right before the recording. So, so, so for all the listeners... <laughs> Listen up, Steve Jobs, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Charles Oglesby. Go ahead, brother. Tell us the connection. The connection is we're some visionaries, man. I, I was, I was thinking about Kanye West when he popped up and he said that he's Warhol. He's Walt Disney, he's Steve Jobs, and everybody looked at him like he was crazy because they thought that he was saying, like, oh, I created I'm these people. And in reality, he's just speaking from a place of vision, from a place of possibilities. And I think that's so important to live in a place of possibilities because we can all live in the reality. We can all talk about what happened to us, what what historically has taken place in America where I live in a place of possibilities and so is anybody who's ever done anything of substance in America. If In the book Start With Why, they talk about how people don't buy what you do. They don't buy the product. They buy why you do it. And for me, whenever I start a business, I started to fulfill a why. Not to make money. The money comes the, the purpose of the investment club was to allow people who by normal standards wouldn't be able to invest professionally, wouldn't be able to invest because they don't meet certain minimums or they, or they don't have access to that type of person because that person wouldn't have a conversation with somebody who only has $25. And so the purpose was bigger than, hey, we're going to create this product, we're going to sell it. It was to fill a gap. I told somebody, I don't, like, as a young lad, as a young business owner, I started businesses. Now, I solve problems. If the business doesn't solve a problem, I don't want it. If the, if the business doesn't solve a need, I don't, it's not a business. We, we are problem solvers. So, for me, I tell people, it's like, you, a lot of people, what they're doing is they're looking for shortcuts. They are looking for somebody to tell them what stock to buy, to tell them what market to invest in to tell them what strategy to employ. And the problem with that is then you are chasing an idea instead of chasing becoming. You have to become so intelligent that you can create your own strategy so that you can find your own exit so that you can, because that's where the wealth comes from. Wealth comes through creation, not through competition over what's been created. If I tell you a strategy, that is a strategy that has not been created. At that point, you're competing over what I just created. So for me, I tell people like the sauce is not Detroit. The sauce is not group investing. The sauce is not all this stuff. The sauce is the person who got you to that place. So that sauce can either be me or it can be you. But as long as you do your homework and as long as you help them become educated and informed enough so that you can start making those decisions and you can be the sauce right. like I am the sauce. She reminds me. Knees-based businesses. Talking uh, a couple of weeks ago, you and Jamal, even uh, even on the podcast, the Todd Millionaire podcast, you guys were talking. You even mentioned um, 
not the last time you guys talked. I think it was before the one before that. You were talking about black people really need to start more needs-based businesses. And even Prince Donnell on uh, Instagram talked about that too. We need right. to start more needs-based businesses. Right. And and I agree, but I feel like we got to be intelligent and applying these principles, meaning that it can't just be, oh, damn, needs-based businesses. That means we need 100 tax businesses. Like, no, bro, like, we still got to be structured. If you go to a shopping center, a shopping center has slots for each particular thing. And if you are a company that wants to go into that shopping center and you happen to be another burger stand or another dry cleaner and there's already a grocery store in that shopping center, you can't exist in that space. We have to become that strategic. Mm-hmm. The same is true with chambers of commerce or networking groups. They're like, oh, man, we already got a lawyer, brother, so you can't come in. And I feel like it's unfortunate, but people are creating businesses to create money or to make money. And so they're just chasing the buck. They're not chasing the need. They're not chasing the opportunity. They're not chasing solving problems. And so for me, like 100%, I'm tired of seeing, and I I hate to say it, but I'm tired of seeing t-shirt companies. I'm tired of seeing people selling weed. I'm tired of seeing all this standard cliche stuff that everybody's doing just to get paid. I want us to be intelligent about how we do the right thing. It's one thing to know we're doing the right thing. It's another to do that thing intelligently. So we're saying like, hey, we need to create a list of all the black owned businesses and we need to start filling the gaps or we need to say, you know what? You guys got to work together. It's in the book. Uh, miseducation of the negro he said that if this guy comes in he creates this company and you see him doing well and you want to hop in his space then you yes. just ruined it for both people and i think i mentioned that last time so i mean the, the needs-based businesses is, is just the key yeah oh i 100 agree with that statement I just, I just want us to because the if you can get rich selling cheese man you can get rich selling ketchup you can get rich selling tomato sauce you can get rich anything that you tie to a business can get you rich because the income is unlimited it's not that you just happen to get into the right business it's that you started a business in the first place i know i know black families that make great money in the funeral home business i know black families that make great money in just transporting like a little escort service so they ride Mm -hmm. their motorcycles alongside your funeral procession and they get paid great money to do it. And so I'm telling people, like, we don't need to get into the right business. We just need a business. Everybody's searching for, oh, this is the, no, fuck that. Like, don't chase the right business. Fine, just do anything. Whatever you, go pick up dog poop, go mow lawns, go wash windows. But if you do it for yourself, you're going to get rich. You're going to get wealthier starting any business, not real estate holes. You, you don't, I, I think there's a really common misconception we always quote this thing where people will say that oh the most millionaires are made in real estate like that's true but the most billionaires are made in business the most successful people financially successful people are made in business a lot of those real estate millionaires are just people who have a home that increased in value they aren't rich because the only way they can cash out that money is either by selling the house they live in and they have to go find another house or they got to liquidate it with a HELOC the true path to wealth is business. I just happen to be in the business of real estate. However, business is right, how you right, right. get it. And it's so funny. Um, last week when we talked, you mentioned the miseducation of a Negro. It happened to be the the day I started reading that book. I didn't finish it yet, but <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't gone far in it yet think? because I was actually reading another book too. Um. Mostly about horse racing in America, which is that's a big that's a big thing I want to write about too. Uh, horse racing and how black people were the early jockeys they made a lot of money, a lot of money as horse jockeys in this country. Even oh, as really? slaves, it was slaves that were making a lot of money. Oh, wow. But then they got pushed out, and um, white people so much money were making. But that, yeah. <laughs> 
that's a that's a that's a rant in itself. I think we gotta be low key. You gotta get yeah, it. Yeah, because we were talking about slaves. I mean, slaves it. is like still owned by people. That's like, the, the, the the white people own the horses and the plantations. When the slave was riding the horse, making money, they they had they had a certain amount of freedom to even buy land, build mansions. One guy was wearing diamonds as a slave, but he didn't have control of his own body. He couldn't just wow. He could buy real estate and own stuff, but he still belonged to the plantation mm-hmm. owner. Hmm. I feel like um, the miseducation of the Negro book is actually a business book. There's so much that's like business focused and solutions oriented. And at first, I thought it was going to be more about education and all that stuff, but it really has more to do with just like economic development and personal development. It reminds me a lot of the Thinking Grow Richer Black yeah. Choice by uh, Dr. Dennis Kimbrough. And so I feel like any, almost every student should read that book. And I know if you attend the HBCU, they tend to uh, encourage you to read that book. Uh, while we're on the subject of HBCUs, quick plug, we're in the process of merging uh, HBCU Wall Street, HBCU Realty, and Thai Capital Investment Club to do some really, really cool stuff. So um, they have a huge reach. We have a huge reach. And combined, I think we're going to be able to do some really cool stuff. Awesome stuff planned. We're thinking like just crazy stuff. We're looking at being able to fund a property and then finance that property for people. So we're ultimately looking to become a bank. We're looking to do mass redevelopments in these HBCU areas, which is a, a plan that I've always had. I've always told people, like, we need to combine for forces and focus on one market, not deals in different markets, one market, and dominate that one market, that one block, that one neighborhood, that one community, and just dominate it and create a whole black mecca. And then what that'll do is that'll create opportunities to create some more black meccas. So that's really the goal there is to just focus on creating an awesome thing and pouring resources into it, utilizing crowdfunding, utilizing um, reggae uh, platforms to do it. And we also have some connections with the guys over at Housing. Uh, Ooh, housing. So really doing some cool stuff with that. Housing JV, the John Delia company. It's so crazy. I tell people like, you got to put yourself out there. You got to do business and you got to meet people because as you do business, your peers change and you start becoming peers of doers. So when you're not doing your peers with a bunch of employees, as you put yourself out there, you become a doer. I mean, for you, you're a doer. You have a podcast now. So now you're going to be able to start connecting with some really dope people. But just great things happen when you become a doer. What's the next tweet, man? I don't want to. I don't want to yeah, go. Yeah, but I I still I want to I want to go back to um I'm glad you plugged the whole HBCU Wall Street thing. I think between that and what you were saying before I just think we we need to as a people concentrate on vertical in- industry like controlling the whole chain. Like not just right. You say uh like you 100%. say every type of needs based business you, maybe you need uh, uh, a dry cleaner, a supermarket, mm-hmm. whatever in the same area. But we also need for that supermarket to control. We have, have farms. Some You need a company to deliver the goods. You need somebody to, to create the packaging. Exactly. You need it all. Need it. A, a productive community creates a surplus of jobs. If 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 there's a lack of jobs in our community, that indicates that we're not being productive. One person said, I wholly believe this, is they said, everything that you look at is a business. You know how people always say, like, everything that you walk into is real estate. Right. Well, everything you look at is a, everything. That paint on this gate came from somebody's business. The tree that they use to landscape this community came from somebody's business. The pipes that they have that are going all through this little parking structure that I'm standing in came from somebody's business. We got to start doing that stuff. You cannot create an economy with a bunch of people selling t-shirts. And that's why I refuse to sell Todd Capital t-shirts. 
I'm just, I just give them away. Like here, I want you to have this to promote the company, not have <laughs> this because that is the company. And that's not to that's not to diss anybody, but I'm just telling you, like you can have a t-shirt as a part of your business, but a t-shirt should not be your business. I've tried that, and I've seen that like I have a better, I've had more success leveraging my knowledge and my skill set than doing something that everybody does because I'm specialized, I'm unique. And 99% of the people on the internet can't do what I do. But if 99% of people could just make a t-shirt, you have no business because you have no bottleneck. You get wealthy by being a bottleneck, by becoming the source within which everybody has to go through. And that's why drug manufacturers make so much money because they're a bottleneck. You can't get healed unless you go through this company that just so happens to have a patent, which means they're the only person that you can go through to get this drug which means they can charge you $10,000 for a pill. So we have to recondition our mind. We got to really study business. Like the idea of just like buying low and selling high, that's cute. Nah, business is way more advanced and strategic than that. It's not just get a, par- get a product somebody pays you. Like it's levels to this shit. So I just, I just want us to really start thinking that way. As we start to become a more business-focused community, which really isn't something we started doing, it's something we're coming back to doing because we were already doing this for decades until uh, we cycle through presidents. But um, we got to really like analyze and dissect it and just really do it at an advanced right. master's level. Yeah. So ne- the next tweet was you were talking about you have a, a career and you have multiple businesses. And you were just talking about um, <laughs> right. leveraging the skill set. Man, so I think that the craziest thing about my life is like I have a law degree and I am managing like 40 to 50 cases right now. And then I have a business. And so people will look and they'll say, oh, man, we, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. Or, oh, man. And they like are critical about certain things. I'm like, I got a full, I work 60 hours a week in the firm and I commute. I don't, I don't chill. So it's just interesting because I realized to myself that I do so much that we have these rental properties that we're finishing up trying to get this rehab on the market that we're looking to rehab another property. But what I realized is a lot of us leave too much on the table. If you have 24, I was doing the math once. I was like, it's crazy. How do you work 40 hours a week when there's 50 hours just in two days? So 24 times seven, I don't even know what what that number is, but I think it's like 168. Yeah, it's like a 168, 168. And you mean to tell me that you can't win with 160 hours? Most people don't even work 40. Most people are out here working 30, 25, just chilling. I'm like, we don't work hard enough, yeah. man. Like, the way that you retire your wife is you got to work when she should be working. So if you guys are both putting up 40 hours, you just got to work 80 hours, brother. And that's just the, the, the basic foundation level of retiring your wife. Of course, we want to retire with a business and with cash flow from our rental properties and all that stuff. But you can do a lot of stuff with working. And I tell people, like, at the foundation of money is labor. In an economics class that I took in my MBA course, the foundation of money is labor. It's called the labor theory of value, meaning that you can take whatever you want to buy and break it up into hours of labor. And that's one of the things that people tell you, they say like, oh, if that shirt costs $200 and you get paid 20 bucks an hour, you just gave 10, 10, 10 hours of that your shirt, life right. for that shirt. And you gotta really look at it as like, your labor creates wealth. It doesn't have to stay that way, but it gets the ball rolling. So maybe you gotta sacrifice five years of your life and put in 80 hour weeks. You gotta live out of the, out of the 40, you gotta invest the 40. If you make 50 grand a year and you operate in that principle where you're investing $50,000 every single year, at the end of year five, you will have invested $250,000, but you would have had all the compound, all the cash flow, all the excess storage of income. Just if you were to, like 50 grand is a lot of money when you leverage it. So let's say you take 50 grand, you put 10 grand on a truck. Now you got five trucks, you're buying five trucks a year, but that's not just it. Your trucks are going to buy you probably five more trucks that year. If you think that way, you just got to, like, you got to hustle. You got to grind. And I only use it because we all have our labor. We can all wake up and go to work. 
we can't go back and say, I wish I had generational wealth. I wish my great granddaddy would have did this, but you can work when they're not working. And if you're working when they're not working, you're making money that they're not making, which means that you're getting wealthier than they are. And then you use that money to invest and put into opportunities that are going to pay you and increase your wealth. And I think that that's where we got to start. And I, that's why I tell, like, you close the gap through work. You don't close it through protest. You don't close it through getting laws passed. You close it by hustling and putting in the time. And that's why I do what I do so much so that I forgot that I even do it. Like, I was really trying to say, like, you guys see me doing all this stuff on a business front, and y'all don't even realize how much harder I'm working than you on my job and the level of work that it is. So it's like, not to be cocky, but I'm going to be cocky because a lot of people will look at it and say, oh, well, like, you only did seven homes and you guys are investing here. It's like, bro, but like, name somebody else who's doing it. Not, don't don't go and cherry pick and say, oh, well, big business is doing better or, oh, uh, Charm Series is doing better. Like, no, everyday people. I was at work one day and I went to get ramen and um, I was sitting at the bar and this lady who I knew from like way back in the day walked up and she was like, oh, hey, Charles, blah, blah, blah. I see all the stuff you're doing and all the stuff you're building up. And I knew her like mm-hmm. when I was in college. She was a Zeta. I'm a Sigma. And like then she went back and she told her friends. And I was like, it's kind of crazy. Like, I'm real life dope. Not just like Instagram dope. And I'm not trying to be arrogant, but like I do a lot of shit. And when you back out of all that shit and you really look at me like me, like on a surface level, like I'm really that inward. I told her trying to scar all the time, like I'm that inward. Respect me as such. I have the sauce and we're about to just continue to hustle and build up what we're building up. All ego. I don't even care. I feel like the reason why Jay-Z is who he is is because he told you he was great. The reason why Lil Wayne is the way he is because he told you he was great. I'm going to tell you that I'm great. I don't want to be humble because there's a young kid out there who has aspirations of doing some stuff. And if I have a low opinion of myself and if I act as though I'm nothing, he's going to think he's nothing. I love it when I'm on the train or I'm in public and a young African-American man sees me walking down the street in a suit. Because you see so many N-words doing N-word shit every single day. So it's like they need to see that you could do it. They need to see that all black people don't look like that. They need to see that you can, there's, there's benefits to actually caring about your education. Like that's my, that's what I aspire to. I aspire to shift the culture. Every single thing I do is to shift the culture. It's not to get money. The money just comes. The money just comes by shifting the culture. The money comes by building a community, not chasing a check. There's too many people out here who are doing business to chase a check and they're burning bridges and they're destroying things. And like they, they, there's, there's no outward growth. It's just, I got money. I'm gonna go spend it now. Cool. I made their community rich, but I didn't really improve things for anybody. I got money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody needs to understand, like, um, you're talking about labor, even on a, just a, a plain employee level, not even about business. That's how you make more money. There's a the difference between I'm I'm like uh, I'm in I'm in management and the regular employees. The difference is in the work we do. Like I put in more effort. Right. I'm looking at these people. I'm look, I put in more effort than you. I, I work hard. I got more skills. I mean that's mm-hmm. that's the difference. That's what we got. But the thing is. You didn't just start working hard when you got to that level. You've been you probably been working hard exactly. even when you were at their level. And I think that that's one thing that our community has mistakes is we're like, well, when I become manager, then I'll start working hard. Like, no, bro, you got to work your way out of your job. That's like a principle of my MBA program. Like, you got to work your way out of your job. You don't wait your way out of your job. So many people are like, oh, I'm just going to like, in five years, they're going to be much like, nah, you got to work, brother. But one of the things that I love about the work and is the work improves you the work refines you the work gives you value the work gives you skills the work increases your value so like any difficult project that you run towards is skills on the other side of it so you can either avoid what's difficult or you can run to what's difficult and then on the other side of what's difficult is damn i know the ins and outs of that i was i was watching brian the cpa and he was talking about how the next rehab he does he's going to do it this way this way and this way and a lot of people think you got to have everything down before you do your first rehab. But, like, you refine the process by going through the process. It's like you don't become 
a diamond without being put into pressure. You don't just like have a coal and then sit it there for five years and it turns into a diamond. Now you got to go through some stuff and it's going to hurt. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to make you what you truly can become. And so like, that's what the work does. The work refines you. And so if you're avoiding like the 60, 80 hours a week, you don't realize that in being and doing 60, 80 hours a week on the other side of that is a doper you. So much more opportunity, so much more success is going to flow to the doper you than the you right now protesting and begging and hoping somebody comes and stays <laughs> than not dope, dope you. I love it. The work, man. And all work matters. I, I feel like people, they turn their nose up at work and they don't realize, like, if you can only get a bullshit job, but you're a great person, you're going to rise to the level of what you should rise to. Because if you just apply your dope work ethic, yeah, you might come in doing the fries, but you'll be running the business. You'll be owning the business. Eventually, if you just hustle, or you can sit there and say, I'm not going to flip no damn fries. It's like, who are you? If you were of value, they would be giving you opportunities of value. You become of value by doing the work, by hustling, by that's the, the only instance where I don't have an ego. Like, I feel like I have an ego because I do stuff like that. There have been times in my life where I had to, like, I never forget, I got out of college and it was very difficult to find jobs out of college. I would go on the weekends and deliver jumpers for my friend who owned a jumper business. And I was 22 with a degree. And I was driving around to people's house, loading these heavy-ass jumpers. They were heavy. They were not light at all. It used to break my back. It was some long 12-hour, 14-hour days. And I will do it every Saturday and Sunday, just getting up and just doing it. Because so I was like, I would rather be out there doing something than doing nothing. And what people don't realize is the opportunities that you want are going to flow to the person who's doing. So if you're working a job, even if it's a bullshit job, that job that you want is going to find you. But if you're just sitting on the couch, nothing can find you. I tell people, like, if you don't have a job, you need to put on a suit and go to Starbucks and look like you have a job while you look for a job. And I guarantee more opportunities will come to that guy than will come to the guy who's just sitting on the couch talking about how hard life is. Yeah, hear that. What's a jumper, by the way? So a jumper is like you know when people have oh oh like a bouncy house and they exactly like a bounce house. I was delivering <laughs> bounce house with a degree in finance. I had a conversation with one of the clients and he was like, "You have a degree in finance?" I'm like, yeah, man. I graduated into a recession. I, I had to get it. That's funny. So that reminds me of a story of a guy. Um, forgot his name. I think it's Mark. Mark Victor Hansen wrote a bunch of books. And he was saying when he first got the first when he first got rich, mm-hmm. he he liked nice stuff and he had all these suits and ties and then he lost it all. And he was broke. He ended up taking a job with a moving company just to to make ends meet in the meantime. But all the clothes the only clothes he had were suits and ties. Mm-hmm. So he was moving, he had to take a moving <laughs> job. He's moving and he's wearing like a suit. And, but he had to humble himself and do what he had to do in That's the meantime. Funny. Shout out to uh, right. The only time I'm humble is when I'm working to Brian in, uh, to on who? Twitter at at the the infamous CPA. Well, go ahead. Right. right. I don't. I don't even know. What I was gonna say. Yeah. I don't the even work. know. What are we talking about next? What's the next topic? Do the work. No work is above anybody. Do the work, man. And that's so important because a lot of people, they'll come to me for mentorship or they'll come to me for advice. And I think I've said this on either this podcast or another podcast, but like if you want some mentorship from somebody, go work for that person. Go work for that person. Don't just ask them to shoot you some little gem through text messages or shoot you some gems through whatever. Go work for that person. Stop being a little B. Stop being lazy. Stop looking for shortcuts. Everybody, that's what they're. That's that's what they want. They don't want a mentorship. They want a shortcut. They want to know what you know without going through the work. And if we could just create a community of workers, man, that's one of the most frustrating things that I see in downtown LA. Is not that they're struggling, but that they're not working. And you don't even have to find a job. You got to create a job. If you can't find a job, you got to be out there 
creating, using your mind to create some stuff. And downtown LA, they have the garment district, they have the flower district, they have the produce district, and these Hispanics come over here and they're like, hey, just like the, people will, people will find ways to get drugs on, consum- on consignment, go find a way to get your product on consignment and get it from them on loan, sell it, and then give them back the money that you would have bought it for and keep the profit. There's so many ways to do it if we just think. But too many of us are taught that it's hopeless and it's helpless and there is no way and that you can't ever get ahead. And that's what frustrates me the most is I walk through downtown LA and I can tell you live in the most abundant, the second most wealthiest city in America, I believe. You live in the wealth, one of the wealthiest countries in America and you're sitting around doing nothing. And the only reason why that is is somebody convinced you that you might as well do nothing. Somebody told you that you aren't worth anything. Somebody told you that it's just not there for you. Immigrants, they don't come here looking for jobs. Immigrants don't come here looking for Social Security and EBT and all this. They come here and they look to start a business because entrepreneurship is the secret sauce in America, 100%. Entrepreneurship is how you do it. And these days, it's so dope. All you need is an Instagram page. You don't even need a website. Website's kind of whack. Instagram and an app. Nobody's going to websites anymore. Nobody's just surfing like, let me go to Instagram.com. Let me go to Twitter.com. We do it all from our phone now. All you got to do is get you an Instagram and it's free. And you start posting pics of your product. And, and you can you make money through DMs. There are people who overcomplicate the process of business when that might sound like it's a contradiction to what I was saying. But I'm talking about in the inception phase. There are people who overcomplicate starting a business. And the way you start a business is by starting a goddamn business. You put out a, a picture of your product, somebody gives you money, and you sell it to them. You don't even need an LLC. People think they need an LLC to start a business. You don't need an LLC to start a business. An LLC is what you get to support the business that exists. You get that LLC. I tell people, like, the first thing your business needs is clients. Get you some customers and then allow those customers to fund your LLC on your behalf. But don't be out here getting business bank accounts and getting business cards and getting logos and thinking about names. Like, no, find product, sell product, get profit. Repeat. Find product, get product, sell profit, repeat. Got it. So let's move on to the next tweet. This one, uh, this one. You, you tweeted about um, black women and the, the options they have. You said there's like eight black women to, to every black man. And you then you said you should have said qualified black men. And then mm-hmm. somebody else jumped in the mentions. And they suggested that the solution now, the solution will be that I take a, I take a to break. intermarry. Inter- interracial marriage would be a solution to that. Right. And I said something to him, and he said, he said that he he was saying that it would help with racism and wealth distribution. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? I think it's sad that people think so low of themselves. I think that's one of the most frustrating things whenever I get on there. People think so high of other people and they think so low of themselves. And I think it's because they never really got around other people. Like for me, I've been in PWIs my entire life. All the way from like preschool, I've been around nothing but PWIs. And I realized like these people are average. What separates them from us is what they fucking do. Mm -hmm. That's it. Not anything else. Not generational money. Not anything. It's what they do. Do you read to your kids at night? Do you wake up and go to work? Do you avoid spending all your money on Gucci and Louis? Do you make sure that you pay your bills on time? That is what separates the elite from the non-elite in America. Not 400 years of oppression. Not Jim Crow. It's what you do and what you don't do. And the reason why I can tell you that it's true is because there are black people who do those things and live well. There are white people who don't do those things and they don't do well. So for people to say, like, oh, the solution is 
is like intermarriage. Like, honestly, I don't know. I feel like in some instances, that is a very weak solution. I think a better solution is to build better men. I think another solution is to reevaluate how we are raising our children. Because in a lot of instances, a lot of women are led into greatness, whereas a lot of men are led to fend for themselves. And a lot of people don't talk about this. They just, they just act like it doesn't exist when it does exist. There are people who are literally like placed on third base and then they walk around like, oh, I did this. And there are people who are like at the base, at, at, the, at, the, at the home plate with no bat talking about, you better hit your home run. I did it. I did it by myself. And that's how we raise men. And that's why they're out there struggling. It's unfortunate. And so the solution for me is to become the solution. I never talk about problems I'm not willing to solve. And so for me, that's why I make it a point to invest in the African-American men that I walk by every day in downtown LA. And that's why I'm trying to start that movement and just telling people to invest back in our men because we don't do it. We don't give men anything. We just expect them to fend for themselves. So I'm saying, like, I'm going to proactively go out of my way to do it. There's this organization called Homeboys in downtown LA. That's a cool owl. Man, I love owls. They're so dope to me. And there's this organization called Homeboys, and they make, like, chips and guacamole. And their whole purpose is to employ Hispanic men who get out of jail and can't work for anybody. And I thought that was so dope because I always tell people, like, you solve your problems with business, not through begging. That's a tweet. Solve your problems through business, not through begging. And so, like, for me, I think we got to, like, the solution is for us to take the responsibility to build better men for these women. And then for us also acknowledge the error in our ways. But the motivation for that tweet is I think it was a Dr. Boyce walk-in comment. And he said something along the lines of like, only like 20% of black women are, are married or will be married or something along those lines. It was a very low number. And then I started to look, I was like, if you can look at your family, I don't know what your family looks like, but I got a lot of female cousins. And I think one of them is married. I got like like 12 mm-hmm. female cousins. I think one of them is married. And it's so crazy. And then I look at like the other side of my family and of my male cousins, the ones that are married aside from myself, mm-hmm. married outside of their race. And so I only bring it up as a challenge. I'm not bringing it up to make fun of anybody. I'm like, why is there a problem? And why aren't we doing anything to solve it? Because a lot of people, what they'll do, and this is what women do, or this is what people do, is they'll blame other people. They're like, oh, well, it's because the men ain't blah, blah, blah. But that sounds cool to say, but it's not going to solve your problems. Blaming other people is not going to solve your problems. Like, you can't change other people. You can't change what they do, but you can change what you do. Um, that guy who made that comment, though, he's a weirdo. Um, I actually have him on mute because he's just very annoying. I, mean, I don't even think he lives in the States. So I just kind of have him on mute because I don't really care to hear his opinion. I just mute people these days instead of arguing with them. Because yeah, he's kind of weird, which is why I kind of hesitate to even bring it up but I, I thought it was because that's the whole thing <laughs> of this whole podcast is like i wanted to expand on some of the tweets you know you only got 240 characters i think some of them deserve more conversation more discussion definitely even if it's not even the tweets just like different principles that i stand right. on it's kind of cool to explain those because i, I always get people who say <laughs> can you expand on this statement? And I was like, you're like the fourth person to ask me to expand on this statement. And so let me just expand on it one time. You can listen. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you listen. Shout out to Todd Capital. Check out Todd Capital Investment. Yeah, come Club. to Todd Capital, everybody. Plug. I'm going to remember too. I just got my t-shirt Check out the website. Yeah, man. Post a picture. So you can put it up, but www.gumroad.com backslash Todd Capital. We got the long distance real estate course. We got my book, Investing 101. Um, you can also set up your LLC through there. My goal is to funnel everything through Gumroad and then just have somebody manage the Gumroad store. Because right now my business is, is it's a lot of people go through me and so they'll DM me or they'll email me and it's a very inefficient right. um, way to run a business. And so that's the goal is to get away from doing that and just push everybody to the store. Gotcha, gotcha. Makes sense. Makes sense. So, yeah, everybody, come to Todd Capital. Stock Invest. Come to TC. Check out HBCU Capital. It's lit, man. I can't wait for what we're going to do with that. That's really, for me, 
I think that's going to be the real estate arm of this. And we're going to just kind of make it be less me focused and make it be more mission focused. And so, I mean, the goal is to promote investing in our community. Kind of what we're doing with Blacker Pockets. I am no longer PSA affiliated with the organization that is Blacker Pockets. Um, okay. Just different leadership styles. And um, they did not respect that I'm the thought. And that I, okay. that I does this. I thought that was all you in the beginning. And that I does this. It was on me in the beginning. And then I brought on people because I valued their opinion. But apparently, they feel like they know best. And so I feel like if you think you know best, then let's let's put that to the test. Interesting. So, but yeah, it's very interesting. It's interesting because it was, it was a debate for like a week to two weeks, just going back and forth. Because like with me, like I, I, I'm not a big plan person. I'm not a big wait person because I find like when you plan and wait, nothing ever happens. I take action because action is what brings you success. If you're not doing something, then you can't get results. You don't get results from planning and thinking and plotting and waiting. And so like for me, I'm, I, I would rather do something and it'd be bad than not do anything at all or wait and it's perfect, but the timing's wrong. And an example is the HBCU Wall Street Thai Capital logo. I put out one logo, it was crap. I made another one, it was crap. And I finally got one that's great. And I realized, like, I had to tweak it. I was like, okay, this is good. I got the basic, simple logo that I like. And I just dropped all, I dropped Todd off it. So now it's just HBCU Capital, but it's still Thai Capital affiliated. And so, like, you got to tweak it. People wanted to, people would have sat there for like, two weeks but i've already gained brand awareness i've already put it out to the world and so you can attract people to your brand with imperfection it doesn't have to be perfect and polished and so like i feel like that's a principle for people to take it's like if you have a business that, that you want to start start the fucking business don't wait don't think don't plot don't strategize start the business because in year one you will be a one-year-old business owner but if you waited you'd be a zero-year-old business owner at year one. And you could have had a business that had clients. So for me, it's like, I made a ton of money in the DMs last year, but I guarantee I'll make even more money running through my, through my thing. But imagine if I waited to have the store instead of just doing business where the business was. I'm going I'm to get it by any means. So that's, that's kind of where I am with that statement. Get it by any means. Cool. Hopefully I'm not rambling, but hopefully there's some yeah, value I think in what so, I'm man. saying. I think we get some good stuff out of people. And I think people need to know, uh, get started. Take, take action. Take get, action. Get started. Get fancy. If you have a job, it's kind of like what Erica Williams always says. You can have a job, but no, you still have to own stuff. Still ownership and investing. Absolutely. Stuff you do outside of the nine to five is what really important and absolutely it's it's a great time in america it's never been better to build wealth for your family and i I just feel like we have to take advantage of that and the beauty of it is you don't even have to use all your own money you can literally create something like wealth comes through creation so if you come to a wall and the wall means I got to raise this money. Or I got to invest this money. You aren't being creative enough. Like Thai Capital Investment Club was started with no, no budget. And now we have a budget. And now we have recurring money coming in. It took us two years to get there. And now the organization sustains itself. So it's like, oh, like my mom, when I first started it, she was so scared. She's like, you need to get business insurance, Charles. Business insurance to protect your business. And I was like, I don't got the money for that right now. I got to start this company. And I got to build it. And so we just started it built it and she came back to me the other day and she's like so you're gonna get your business insurance and i was like just get a quote get it done my mom is like all financial stuff through Thai capital rest through her now which is great she's a cpa she does like super high level tax returns for like multi-millionaires and so like i'm really leaning on my family and i'm finding that you have to because strangers have their own families and they're looking out for their own families and they're building wealth and they're thinking of ideas for their own families and so I'm at a point now where it's like the fam is everything. So my wife handles property management. I'm not letting anybody else handle property management. And I'm 
sorry for that background noise. Um, but like my wife handles property management. I create an opportunity for my wife. I'm creating opportunity for my mom. And that's another principle of business is business creates opportunities for those around you. It's, that's what I say when I mean like it, business is about community is you can create opportunities for everybody because the business, like we discussed, isn't about just the net profit. It's about all the expenses that flow. So if we have a property and we have a bunch of properties, say we have a hundred properties and we're paying $200,000 a year to get that property managed, that's $200,000 worth of, worth of wealth for your family. If you just slide them on in there. So that's where I'm at. I'm sliding the fam in. I'm putting the fam on. Hashtag put the fam on, not put strangers on. I love the strangers, but strangers have taken advantage of me one too many times. I, I hate when I bring somebody into my organization and I put them on and I put them in place and I teach them what I know and they go off and they create their own thing and they don't include me. That's the ultimate form of disrespect. And I'm at the point now where people cross that bridge, they got to stay over on the side of that bridge. <laughs> I was like, don't come back now, Jack. Stay over there, brother. Like, you made your decision. Put the fam on, hashtag. Hashtag put the fam on. That's the title of this, this post. Put the fam yeah, like on. <laughs> put it on a t-shirt, but not sell it. Give it away. And come to Todd Capital. Come to Todd Capital. Yep. So, you know, one time you said um, generational wealth requires generational thinking. Expand on that one. Absolutely. Man, I feel like a lot of people price their products to get rich tomorrow. And they're not thinking big game. They're not thinking, I need to touch as many people as possible. And so when you have a low cost, no cost profit model or business model, like Tide Capital was for the longest time, I can touch so many people. And that's so much more valuable because you're going to get your best leads. You're going to get your best referrals to people who have done business with you, not from people who, and, and then you limit your scope of people who can do business with you when you are charging them $100,000 for a rehab or you're charging them $5,000 for a course or you're charging them like some of the exorbitant prices that I just see people price stuff at. It's like they're, they're pricing people at stuff as though they, they, they're not thinking 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. And for me, I'm willing to sacrifice a year, two years of not making money so that I can grow the reach. I tell people, like, that's what Amazon did. Amazon is a 20-year company that just now became profitable. They became profitable, like, not too long ago. For the longest time, people were hating on them. Like, they don't make any money. They don't make any money. They're not great. But all they were doing was just absorbing market share, taking more market share, taking more market share. And I feel like that is where my mindset is. And quite honestly... That quote came from my church. My pastor says, he tells us to think generational. And that's what he did. My pastor has a church, but he put all his fam on. His son is a pastor. His other son is a pastor. Other son is a pastor. And like, so they're just bringing them up. And then the, the kids behind them. That, and I feel like that's how other cultures think. A lot of us think, me, me, me. I got to get it. I got money. And it's like, I can look at it just with like a lot of parents. They're like, I'm 18. You 18. You grown. Not like you 18. Let's go. Like, we have parents who are like, if you're going to make it, it's going to be on your own merit. Not like, I put you on and you made it. And there's other cultures who are like, here, here's a job. Here, here's a business. Here, here's some property. Most people in our family aren't doing that. And that's why we don't have it. Because the hack is to think generational. When you start thinking generational, things come easier. I was looking at Charm City Buyers post, and they said that, it was one third of Charm City buyers because the other two thirds are the wife and the daughter. They're already bringing the daughter up in the business. And the hack is when you bring your people up, they get exposure to top, top level stuff. And it's something that I've said and it's something I really stand on. It's like my wife runs property management. She's not working in property management. She's a boss. She dictates what happens. She's running, running these properties. Whereas if she were to go to somebody else's company, they're going to like, put her and make her work her way up and like, fuck that. Like we, we, we put together the ladder, like instead of climbing somebody else's ladder, we built a ladder. So you got to think bigger than yourself. And that's how you get wealth. That's bigger than yourself. Being wealthy is when you have more than enough. 
I told myself, I was like, I want enough money to take care of more than just me, which means I got to work harder than just enough to survive, just enough to provide for me. There's people out there who are just working enough so that they can get what they want. Not like, you know what, I'm tired, but I got to get it in because I know that I'm putting these hours for other people. The firm that I just left, this dude was 70 years old. He had been retired. He was already rich. He's not working for himself anymore. He's working for his kids. And there's people who like, if it doesn't benefit them, they're not doing it. Not like, you know what? Let me go ahead and do some stuff for the heirs, for the kids. Let me put some money away for the kids, for the heirs. So thinking generational, I think, expands your wealth. It gives you access to that wealth. And you can't even get wealthy if you're only thinking about yourself. That's why so many men who don't take care of their responsibilities stay small, whereas men who do take care of their responsibilities become more than enough. They have the inheritance because you are forced to. When you are putting yourself in a position to where you're forced to do something, guess what? You tend to do it. Anytime you had to, had to, had to do something, you found a way to do it. And so 50 Cent says you need to just start putting yourself in situations where you have no choice but to do what you really want, not just do just enough. It's like, no, I want a Ferrari, so let me put myself in a position to get Ferrari yeah, stuff. I'm not uh, – myself, I'm not natural, like, go out there, get a hustle, but if – I need to, if I if I'm forced to do it, I can do it like in no time. It's like right. It's like absolutely. It's like if you were outside and you were dead tired and a dog popped up, I guarantee you'd find the strength to run. So you gotta find a way to put yourself in situations. Or you gotta tell yourself. So I gotta, I gotta, I gotta cut this one. But this has been Todd tweets. Episode two, put the fam on, hashtag put the fam on. Um, hopefully, you guys got some value. Let me know if you did not. Let Raphael know if you did not. Let Raphael know what you want to talk about next, what you want us to talk about next, or if you want somebody else to come on and talk about their tweets with us. I was actually thinking about inviting James Hunt on because he has some pretty interesting tweets as well. So they're kind of cool just to kind of discuss Twitter topics. But I wanted to plug everything we have going on before I leave and I let. Uh, Raphael closed it out, but I mean, we're doing so much dope stuff with uh, the Todd Capital brand, the Millionaire brand, Todd Capital Millionaire podcast brand. Hope you guys checked out episode 107 with Jamisa. It was flames. Um, check out the store at gumroad.com backslash Todd Capital. Check out the website www.capitaltodd.com. Also check out Todd Capital, HBC Realty, doing some great stuff, looking to redevelop entire communities and really change the face of our communities by putting the resources that we already have to work. Take us out. All right. So thanks a lot, Charles. You can find us on Twitter. You can find Charles Ogilvy at Todd Millionaire. That's T-O-D-D, Millionaire. You can find me at Work Money Life. Pretty easy to, to, to spell, Work Money Life. And just check out what we're doing. Come to Todd Capital. See you on the next one. Thank you.